When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. And guys, they're up in the ante for you. Now you can get 25% off your first order of Strava Craft Coffee by using the code DNVR25. That'll get you 25% off your first order of the delicious, smooth CBD Strava Craft Coffee. Not only is it delicious coffee, gets you that jolt you need. But you get all of the benefits of CBD, which some say help relieve aches, pains, migraines, headaches, anything that's going on, it can help relieve, including some people say it gets rid of the coffee jitters. So make sure to try them out after you use the code DNVR25. Make sure to subscribe and you'll get 20% off every single purchase after that. So make sure to check them out over at Strava Craft Coffee. DNVR and we are live from Studio A. The A stands for a lot of moves. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for was that. Is that one what this it was time. yesterday too? No, that was uh, action. A stands oh, for action. Oh yes, mm-hmm. and we were getting a lot of action. There yesterday. was a lot of action yesterday, um, but we've got a little bit of action here today. Uh, we'll talk about that here in just a second. We're also going to. Give each one of the Broncos position groups a score, 1 to 10. And then at the end, see where they all rank in terms of inside the Broncos. There's 10 position groups. They're all going to get a score, 1 through 10. And then we'll see uh, how they stack up. Uh, But first, I want to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver. Check them out, msudenver.edu slash online to see all they have to offer. 75-plus online and hybrid classes, uh, 45 450, sorry, total classes. There's something for everyone over there. Uh, Whatever you are trying to further your education in, uh, there's certainly a way to do it at MSU Denver. So check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boys, what's up? We got the whole crew back today feeling good as the Broncos don't claim Will Greer today. A little heart attack in Broncos (laughs) country. Instead, guys, the Broncos add two guys, Nate McCrary, and Mike Ford, a cornerback and a running back. That brings their total to five running backs on the team. Yeah, and so there starts to be questions here because they, based on people that are perceived to be on the roster, they are now at 55, right? Yeah. Because you took the two guys, you put them on IR. It was expected that Shamar Steven and Cam Fleming would fill those two spots. That hasn't officially happened yet. This has officially happened, these two waiver claims. So they are now at 53 with... Those two guys floating around out there. They don't have to put Steven or Fleming on the 53, though. They could put them on the practice squad, 
give them more money. I mean, we know the minimum for a practice squad, but you can just go on up and up, and you can say, all right, we don't have room for you on the 53 right now, but we'll pay you what you were going to make anyway, and then when a spot opens up, we'll we'll pull, put you up there. The other thing that, that also brings into play is if you don't have them on the active roster in week one or the 53-man roster in week one, then you can bring them back in week two and you're not on the hook for their full year salary. If they're on your roster in week one, you're on the hook for their salary the whole year because of the vested veteran rule. So it wouldn't surprise me if procedurally we see Stephen and Fleming start off on the practice squad because, of course, now you can have up to six veterans on there, guys with any level of experience. They changed the rules last year. Rules are the same this year as they were last year, so that's a possibility as well. Right, and there's like a billion spots on the practice squad now. So sixteen, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. You, you, can fit, yeah. you can pretty much fit anyone you would want on the practice squad on your practice. Squad. I think the Broncos wanted to fit Adam Prentice, for example, as it's, well on the practice squad, but he is now a New Orleans Saint, claimed it, off waivers this morning. It kind of reminds me of like the sixty-eight team field in the NCAA tournament. Like if you're the 69th team, <laughs> oh, right. you don't really have that much of a claim. Like you can't be that mad if you didn't make the fifty-three. And you're not on the 16-man practice squad. <laughs> like you, ju- you didn't even get close to making the team. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Broncos, guys, for the first time in a long time, lost two guys in waivers. Means that they may be pretty deep. They lost, of course, fullback Adam Prentice uh, to the Saints to mm-hmm. be next to Jameis Winston. And they lost Trey Marshall to the Chargers. Interesting. Um, Adam Prentice... To the Saints, Sean Payton. We're gonna rock, we're gonna uh, rock the fullback out there a little bit. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Give Jameis Winston a little bit of protection. <clears throat> Trey Marshall's kind of one of those guys who it feels like kind of got stuck in his mm-hmm. development. He came on really strong. Vic Fangio loved him his rookie season, um, or maybe that was his second season. But it never felt like he kind of got over the hump. And then they drafted his replacements, right? Of in course, Jamar Johnson and Caden Stearns, and uh, and then you keep PJ Locke around. He's your veteran in the room, but they feel they feel good enough about how Stearns came on, and then Jamar Johnson emerging late. That you're willing to roll the dice on Trey Marshall not coming back, and uh, you know with his experience starting a few games, he made sense for a lot of teams made sense for the chargers i mean when trey marshall's your sixth safety you're okay saying bye yes of course um anything we need to know about uh mike Naughton ford and uh <laughs> nate mccrary big mike not <laughs> is ford, ford. <laughs> uh big mike not it has been around for uh three years undrafted guy from small both of these guys from very small schools Do you even know what conference they're from no, I know. What is it? Southeast Missouri and Saginaw Valley State. Exactly. Can we get some uh, some uh, mascots on those guys? Can we get those off the top of your head, Mace? Uh, no. Saginaw Valley State is in some conference in Michigan. I'm not sure what, and I don't know their nickname off the top of my head. I'm gonna say they Stumped are the Seminoles. I could see it. Why? Why? They're the Cardinals. I don't right? know. I was just going with something Seminoles, that started with an S. Cardinals. Kind of, kind yeah, of, Seminoles. Kind of that's together. what you think of when you think of Michigan <laughs> is a Native American tribe that's in Florida. Uh, that's true. I wasn't really thinking about the uh, the true meaning behind that. Just the Saginaw <laughs> Seminoles. That sounds good. It does sound good. <laughs> and Southeast Missouri is... Uh, the Seminoles. No, no. <laughs> they actually... They used to be the Indians. Oh. Now, I believe are, they are the, the the Red Hawks, I believe. Okay. There we go. Southeast Missouri Red Hawks. Yep, Red Hawks. Love but it. they were the Indians for a long time, and then 
they changed their name because they didn't want to have a Native American name. So there we go. Um, and they're in the Ohio Valley Conference, I believe. Okay. So we've got two guys coming in from there. Uh, one named after a car dealership. Uh, <laughs> and then Nate McCrary. Yes, Nate McCrary, a rookie this year, a bigger running back, six feet, 214. Uh, and he's a guy, you got to imagine, he's a special teams baller, is the reason they would bring him in to be a fifth running back on this team. See, I. I don't know about that. I don't know if they're going to keep five. But I get eh, no. I, if I'm Royce Freeman, I'm nervous. Yes, right exactly. Now. I yeah. might like take a minute away from my phone. <laughs> yeah, miss a couple calls, maybe. Yeah, and give guys, me a chance to think it over. Some guys are finally being signed to the practice squad. Yeah, Brett Rippin oh. signing to the practice squad. That's and, Coach Rippin to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you also have rookie Seth Williams. No surprise there. We knew that they were going to add three receivers to to the organization today. Wouldn't be surprised to see Tyree Cleveland come back too, especially since he didn't get claimed. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, you know, we talked yesterday about like the biggest name maybe that was out there was Travis Fulgham. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see him getting claimed yet, although I haven't been on since we started the show. Does that shock you? He would have been claimed by now. Right. So um, I don't know. I, I don't know his standing and how all that stuff works. But yes, I mean, this is a guy who had multiple hundred yard receiving games last year. <laughs> Good. Mm-hmm. There must be something else going on, right? For him to be cut and then not claimed by any team? Cut by the Eagles, though. Maybe, he, I don't know, maybe he requested to not is. be claimed yeah. or something like that. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. And then that makes you wonder, what's going on? Once we have Bronco. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Dead set on it. Um, yeah, but that, I, that's, a, I guess, one that people have their eye on. Maybe there is something else going on there. Yeah, and, and that that's a guy that we talked about yesterday. Could be brought in to be one of those three yep all right let's get into our little exercise here uh and we'll just start with the quarterbacks we'll go through the roster the way we normally do so it's going to be interesting because this is the most important one we're starting here you got to give the broncos quarterback position a score between one and ten uh for the exercise of later coming back to see where all these positions rank within the team so be thinking about the rest of the team and in where it would probably rank for you uh, among all the positions and then give your score based on that. Can a position have the same score as another position? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, only because it'll just right. complicate We'll just things. rank it right yeah. away. Okay. Quarterbacks. Well, I mean, this is tough. It's a tough place to start, Ryan. Probably only going to go up from here. And that's a scary place to start when you're talking about the quarterback mm-hmm. position, like you said. Uh, I have to go below a five. Um, because this is not an average group. I mean, the, the two guys they have were below average last year. I will, I will say if you compared everyone's starter and backup, the Broncos' backup would probably rank higher than a good few teams. Right. That's a nice change from previous years. Yes, but that's about the best thing I can say about the group, at least as it relates to the league. And that's why I'm going to go just slightly under a five. I'm going to go a four. You know, I think a lot of people would argue that the starter they had, whether it was Drew or Teddy, would be a three. But because of that backup, I'll give them a four. I'm going to give them a five. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I reserve the right to come back and lower this later, depending mm-hmm. on where these other. I think that still probably grades out as mm-hmm. the lowest on the team. Um, and that's a problem. Yeah, it is. Five and a half. Wow. Mace being nice to the QB. Well, All I'm right. also, I did this exercise three and a half months ago when I submitted my Broncos preview for the uh, Lindy's NFL preview magazine scale one to 10. And so that's what I gave the quarterbacks back then. And 
my opinion is unchanged. You have, you know, one Wait, guy. Wait, you wrote the the uh, thing for the magazine? Yeah. I, we didn't even see it. We didn't hear about it. <laughs> no. What's the deal here? Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wrote the preview for the magazine. So it's kind of, I mean, you could still buy it on newsstands right now, even though it's not too late to buy it. What the heck? So I gave him 5.5. I haven't seen anything to really change that. Teddy is Teddy. Drew made some steps forward, but not enough to be the starter. There you go. You have a couple. You have a couple of guys who, if they hit their ceilings this year, are lower mid tier, maybe mid tier. So five and a half. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. All right, let's go on to the running back position. This should be a big swing in the other direction. Mm, it should be. Um, you've got Melvin Gordon, of course, who has been a solid NFL starter for many years now. And then you have the excitement factor in Javante Williams. Of course, we, there's three other guys right now. Uh, Mike Boone is injured. We were excited about him before the injury, which is a bummer. Royce Freeman is a, I would call him a replacement level NFL running back. Might be about to be replaced today anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, we don't know anything about uh, Nate McCrary other than the fact that he went to Saginaw Valley State. Yeah, guys, this is a, a really good spot to be in. The Broncos have the fourth highest paid running back on the team or in the NFL right now in terms of cap hit. And he looks he looks like he could be close to that. And then you have Javante Williams, who you traded up for. This is a great spot to be uh, for the Broncos. So I, I'm going to go in eight here because you don't really need to look at the fourth and fifth guy on the roster. And when you look at the third guy, the Broncos may have one of the most explosive third guys in the NFL on their team when Mike Boone is healthy. And I really, I think, I think that Melvin Gordon, he was on pace the last seven games of the season to average 1,200 rushing yards. I think that's the Melvin Gordon that the Broncos are getting this year. And then you add another guy who I think by himself would easily be a 1,000-yard receiver or running back this year. Okay, I... I had him as a seven, three and a half months ago. I'm bumping that up to a seven and a half today because Javante Williams has looked so good this summer. Melvin Gordon has been what you expected. I had high hopes for Javante Williams, but he looks ready to start right now if you need him. It's an above average group. Yeah, I think I'm with Mace on this at seven and a half, um, mainly because they don't have that guy, like the guy who everyone's afraid of. Uh, I think Melvin Gordon is very good. I think Javante Williams can become that guy. But at this point, I don't think teams are saying like, oh gosh, how are we ever going to stop this Broncos rushing attack? To me, like eight and better, you're, it's it's something you, you know, when you put on the film, you're saying we might be in trouble here. So I'm putting them at seven and a half with room to obviously jump over that if one of those guys really breaks out. Don't you think a, a 1,200-yard rusher when he's, care, when he's splitting the reps is that? I don't know. It didn't feel like it. You didn't feel like Mel I, I thought Melvin Gordon's end to the season last year was incredible. His beginning it, wasn't though because he had a lot of the fumbles early. But that, but that, I'm not saying I his know. entire season last I know, year. I'm saying I think he's picking up from where he left off. I just, to me, I don't think I, I just don't think it strikes fear yet. That's fair. That that's fair. Yeah. I just think the combination of those yeah. two do. Who's, I, hopefully, it does. I'm guessing the running backs you think strike fear. They're like the Ezekiel Elliotts, Saquon Barkley when he's healthy. And those are tens to me. The, oh, the, nobody the, get nobody are... gets a ten on my scale. 
<laughs> uh, to me, you, to get a 10, you have to have the best unit in the league. Like, only one team can get a 10. That, that's fair. And, and uh, I mean, Derrick Henry's about as good as it gets right now. Yeah, he's probably a 10. Talk about striking fear. Yes. Um, when you play them, you are very worried. Yeah. But, I mean, we're splitting hairs here. You guys yeah. went 7.5. Yeah. Yeah. I right. went 8. Let's go on to tight ends. Uh, let's go wide receivers. Okay, wide receivers. Man, I would have – I got to – Hurt the Broncos a little bit for cutting their depth. Now only half a point for uh, for yesterday and getting rid of Trinity Benson. Um, but this one really strong group because you love what they have at the top. But with Cortland Sutton, I'm still I still just need to see it right now. I'm gonna go seven and a half. I think it's a, it's a really really good group. Yeah, this I guess this is where we uh, we I make up that half point that you gave to the running backs. They're an eight for me. Um, I could probably even be talked into going a little higher than that. Um, the only thing that stops them from being, in my mind, a top five group in the league is who's throwing them the ball. Um, so, you know, obviously, Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick. I think if you look at the top four for just about any teams, you'd come away saying the Broncos are way up there. The only reason why I'm not saying this is an eight and a half, nine is because I just I don't know if they're going to be able to be used to their full capabilities. But that's not on them. That's no, it's on not. Somebody else. But it, it does. You have to mm -hmm. see it to, to, to be able to say that, in my opinion. You know what? Before last Saturday, I was actually going to downgrade this from an eight to a seven and a half because I wasn't really convinced that Cortland Sutton was back to a level he needed to be to be effective but then you saw him on saturday had a couple of catches i will i like the sliding catch in the end zone as well that actually shows an awful lot about kind of where his knee is and kind of the confidence that he has in it so the grade i had was an eight back in may sticking with that here eight so you don't you don't hurt him at all for getting rid of their depth i mean you're talking about wide receiver five mm -hmm. here that's fair well, kind of wide receiver four i i don't think yeah. deontay spencer has proven at all that he's really a well, wide receiver. No, what KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, they're yeah. three and four. They're three and four, right. And so, yeah, Deontay Spencer's wide receiver five. Yep. yep, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And I think both of these groups, running back and wide receiver, have the capability of being top five units in this league. So what did you go? You're staying eight? I'm staying eight. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, tight ends. You've got, obviously, the top level, Noah Fant, Albert Okuebunam, and Eric's. training camp darling Eric Saubert stud yeah. yeah i mean big he's the best blocker on the team you can catch yeah he really impressed me um uh, i feel like he was now uh, we've said this before in the preseason but i feel like he was what they wanted like jeff hireman to be he was what they wanted uh Nick Vanette to be. Yep. He looked like he might actually be that guy. <laughs> even though right he's now. even though like you look at his career he only has 10 catches. He's yeah, I guess they wanted games, I guess catches. they wanted hireman to be a much a much bigger passing right. threat. But he looks he looks like the guy that intrigued a lot of people back in 2017 coming out of Drake. You had you, he, you had that was the gear of the small college the, the small college tight end. Eric Salbert was kind of small college tight end too, coming from Drake non-scholarship FCS. And you know, give credit to Wade Harmon who coached him in Atlanta early in his career and was the main voice responsible for bringing him in. I mean, he looks like he's going to play 30, 40% of the snaps this year. It's a This group's a solid 7.5 right now for me. Something we didn't talk about yesterday, Zach, is 
the idea that the Broncos let go of some of their wide receiver depth potentially because they plan on playing more two tight end personnel sets. Um, if that's the case, I'm like changing my, my feelings on, on those moves entirely. If they end up lining up with two tight ends more often than not, I will be very, very pleased. We saw it a decent amount in the preseason, so yep. there, there certainly is hope for that. And don't you want to get two of these three guys on the field, specifically in passing downs, get Albert O, get Noah Fant? I mean, just an absolute nightmare mat- or, or, or matchup nightmare. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it's interesting. You have a, a good few guys that could be described as a matchup nightmare, and you just have to pick up who you're playing against and who becomes more of a nightmare because if you're putting Albert O out there, that means you're probably taking off Tim Patrick or KJ Hamler, obviously potentially both. Um, so is the speed more of a matchup nightmare? Or is the size more of a matchup nightmare? And do you prefer that size on the inside or do you prefer it on the outside? It's a good problem to have. And the other thing is when you're looking at the overall depth of receiver tight end and putting them together in one group, let's say, God forbid you have a couple of injuries at wide receiver. You look, not good touch wood but you lose Jerry Judy for a little bit you lose Cortland Sutton for a little bit if they had kept Trinity Benson is Trinity Benson all of a sudden playing a lot or do you start thinking actually our best way to compensate for this is getting Noah Fant out there for not just 80 percent of the downs but every down and getting Albert Okwebunam out there as a big wide receiver kind of treating him the way the Giants treat Evan Ingram yeah. where he ba- he's barely lining up as an inline tight end. He's effectively an in-space guy. I'll be really interesting to see I'll be really interested to see how Albert Okwebunam does without his guy at quarterback. You know, Drew got out there and Albert O got out there and Drew was like zeroed in on him for the whole game. Got him a touchdown, you know. So yeah. Teddy was finding him as camp went on though. That, that was one thing that I noticed kind of the last couple of weeks of camp was that Teddy and Albert O were starting to click as a combination, and Teddy was starting to look for him. And I think I, I don't think Drew Locke not being in there is going to have a real negative effect on Albert O. I hope. I hope. But I just know that Drew is, like, out there looking for him. Um, and I don't know if Teddy's going to be that way. I mean, there's a lot of other options out there. So what are you going with? Mace is going seven and a half. I'm going um, six and a half. Six and a half? Okay. I, I like and now why is that the weakest position in terms of uh offense non quarterback? Um just because I don't think Noah has lived up to expectations yet. Um Albert O is obviously coming off the injury. Salbert is just a pretty standard guy. Um maybe I go seven, um, but I just went with my gut there. Six and That's a half. Fair. And again, mm-hmm. it really comes down to like and it might not be his fault. This comes back to the quarterback position, but Noah hasn't exactly been a dominant force yet he can be he should be it hasn't happened yet and that's why i'm going seven i'll meet you guys right in the middle here is just no offense potential is through the roof with what he can do uh and you do like the depth there but it's pretty unproven in terms of Noah Fant being dominant that that's still a little unproven and then the depth there is obviously very unproven so i like that going seven all right should we move to the offensive line yes this is an interesting one um, and we talked about this yesterday, May Zach is starting to feel like Glasgow to center could happen any minute. Is that, do you do you feel that way? No, don't I don't get that sense just from what they've been saying and how they've been hyping Lloyd Cushenberry 
all summer. So then what do you think of all of the, not just hype being talked about, but hype on the field by getting Natani Muti in left and right? That's just making sure that he can be the first guy in no matter what. Now the question I think becomes, if you have an injury at tackle, what do you do? Because like, that, that's where it's interesting because if you look at the backup offensive linemen as a whole, just separating them from saying, okay, guard, center, tackle, they're all in one group. The best, the, the top backup right now is Calvin is uh, Natani Muti, then Calvin Anderson. But Anderson's a top tackle. So is it possible that, let's say, you have an injury to Massey or Garrett Bowles, that Anderson goes in immediately, but then in the following week you start shuffling things around and you say, okay, uh, maybe we move Reisner out to tackle. We shift, we we shift around and get Muti in there because he's then one of the best five remaining. That's the thing that I think could come into play. Well, well, Mace, here, here's where I, I disagree with you. I don't think that they've just been wanting to get Natani Moody a couple of reps here and there because of how yeah. often they've done it. We've seen it uh, really over the past two weeks. We've seen it nearly every practice. They're getting him a decent amount of snaps with the first team. We've seen it in the games where they're putting Natani Muti in there, even when the starters are out there. To me, that says we're doing more than just making sure that he can go in. I think coming into this year, the Broncos were comfortable with him just going in. But if, they're not doing it at Cushionberry's expense, though. Cushionberry's still playing. But the guy what, who's losing what, snaps is Glasgow. And what, what Vic Fangio he, said yesterday, I think it's because they're very comfortable with Glasgow sliding over. Vic said it yesterday mm-hmm. when asked about why didn't you keep Schlotman on the roster, mm-hmm. and he said it's because we're very comfortable with Graham just sliding over and playing center. So I, I but think that's they a trust, contingency plan. I think, I think that doesn't sound trust. like a starter. That that sounds like a contingency plan if something happens to Cushenberry and that they probably don't think Miners is ready. I that's how they, I read that. I think they trust Graham Glasgow sliding over to center and taking Lloyd out more than they do keeping Lloyd in and having Natani next to him. That's it. That's yeah. personally, and, and I'm yeah. not trying to convince you. I just, I just think we've seen too much of Natani for it to be j- just making sure he's okay. If we saw Cushenberry removed at center, I'd agree with you. We we did we see have, that a couple of times in practice over the past. And few we weeks. didn't see it in the games, and they kept playing. They kept putting him out there, and they actually gave I think him that's more a confidence playing time. Thing, personally, yeah. uh, we'll see. Um, to me, you have to figure out a way to get Natani Muti on the field. I don't. I don't really care how you do it. Um, even if it, even if you're just rotating him in, honestly, for a couple series a game just to continue getting him experience. Um, either way, let's rate this offensive line. I'll start here. If you go through each position, you should feel pretty good about three of five. So, so I guess what are you talking about? Left, left tackle, tackle, left guard, and right guard. Okay. Because a little I, hesitancy there for I am, feeling pretty good. I'm hesitant um, because I don't necessarily love Graham Glasgow, but because you have a great contingency plan there in Natani Muti, if you had to turn to him, I would end up feeling better about the position. So uh, for me, that three out of five, I guess you multiply that by two, you get a six. Yep, and that's exactly where I'm going to because when you look at the group, you feel better than you have in a long time. But then you think about, okay, where does it compare to other groups on this team? It's not better than any of the groups outside of quarterback, in my mind, that we've talked about. Slightly above average, and 
I still have a lot of questions about this. It's, you know, I, I'm questioning how good Garrett Bowles is going to be, just if he's going to be any close to his caliber last year. Dalton Reisner, we've seen a couple of struggles. Lloyd Cushenberry, we obviously know. And right tackle, I mean, it's just a rotating door there. So a lot of questions. But to me, why I give them a little bump is because of what they have uh, backing up. I love their three backups. I love Calvin Anderson and Tani Muti. And maybe midseason, I'll, I'll love Quinn Minerts as well. I love the prospect. But in terms of a true player, he's going to need some time. But I really love the backups they have. And that's the first time that I've been able to say that in a long time about the Broncos' offensive line. So I'm joining you there, Ryan, with the six. I feel good about Bobby Massey at right tackle. I know it's been a revolving door over the years, and Bobby's probably a one-year solution there. But I feel comfortable with him on that side. Probably more comfortable at right tackle than at any point in the last six or seven years. Really, the only question is health. Can he stay? Can he stay healthy? He's at the point. He's at year ten. He's at the point where you may have to budget that he's missing four games over uh, the course of the season. And that's my only yeah. concern with Bobby Massey is over the past two years he's missed half the games. But as a player, he's good. Yeah, for ha- availability right. is more important though. I like Calvin Anderson stepping in, but anytime you have to go to your yeah. backup, you have to keep that into account. Too. And and I'm not and and with Calvin Anderson still having struggles in pass pro, I'm not convinced that uh, the best solution is simply putting Anderson in just yet at right tackle if something happens to Massey. Like I I would consider moving Dalton Reisner outside to tackle, even though that's something they have been very resistant to do. Yeah, in I don't think Reisner's do time. I agree with you. I just don't think there's any chance they do it. Yeah, and that's something that I would think long and hard about if something happens to Bobby Massey. You mentioned Reisner. He's struggled at times in camp. He's struggled since the scheme change He's a little bit. He actually really hasn't been the same since the ankle injury in 2019. Mm, yeah. And so this year's kind of this year's kind of a prove-it year for Dalton Reisner. It's a big year. It's yeah. a it's a get I mean, a big contract or – you may not be here next. I year. mean, Graham Glasgow, we kind of we know his contract situation. Everything is pointing toward the Broncos probably moving on from him in the off season because of the way Mooty's developing and how Miners is coming along. But uh, Reisner's situation is bubbling beneath the surface. And then for Garrett Bowles, this wasn't a great camp either. Yeah. So I I had him as a seven going into camp. I'm actually even though I feel good about Bobby Massey. To 6.5, I'm downgrading him a little bit. I'm a little less confident than I was going in. Higher than both Ryan and I, though. Yes, yes. Um, Okay, let's move on to the uh, defensive side of the ball where I feel the grades will be much higher. Uh, But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. This Friday, huge Breck Brew Day because we open the morning with the DNVR Kickoff Classic, 8 a.m., Common Ground Golf Course. Going to be an absolute blast. Breckenridge Brew supplying the beers out there. We're going to be all over them all day. Then you finish that, and you head up to Boulder for the DNVR Buffs slash All Buffs tailgate, which is going to be taking place on the north side of Farron Field. More Breck Brews there for everyone to have. It's going to be a huge Breck Brew Friday. Um, And there's never really a bad day to drink Breck Brews. The best might arguably be Friday. But no bad days for Breck Brews. Make sure you check them out. Whatever your favorite style of beer is, you're probably going to love Breck's version. Of Man, what Breck Brew Friday times 10 yes. is what this Friday is. Love it. And speaking of times, let's do times 200 over at DraftKings mm. Sportsbook. If you bet $1 on any one week one game, you'll receive $200 in free bets instantly. You can't get any better than that, guys. Two hundred to one odds, Mace. I don't know what that would be in, in your uh, in, in your betting. Well, you betting said two hundred to one, right? Yes. 
It'd be 201. Oh, well, then easy <laughs> enough. Everyone can understand right? that. 200 to 1 odds over at DraftKings Sportsbook. All you have to do is bet on any week one game, and we know that we're all going to be in on, on the action this NFL season, so might as well get started in week one to get that $200. Also, hammer the over this weekend. There are so many good college football games this weekend. Get in. Maybe maybe you get in this Friday. On a Breck Brew Friday, get in, get your $200 uh, in free bets, get in on the Hammer the Over, and by the end of the weekend, you'll be sitting pretty at DraftKings Sportsbook. So make sure to download the app now. It's, of course, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use the code DNVR when you sign up to get that $1 to $200 offer, and uh, get that app now. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See... Uh, Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. If you like what you hear on this podcast, if you want to read more, if you want to read me talking about the importance of special teams on the Broncos roster based on what we've heard from George Payton over the months, you want to become a DNVR member today. There, But there are so many more perks than just being able to comment on our podcast and being able to read the content cranked out by the three of us and the rest of the staff here at DNVR. You can also get discounts at the DMVR bar. Get the big beer for a price of a small beer, which is going to come in handy if you want to have your fantasy football party here at the DMVR bar. This is the time between now and next Wednesday. It's the big time for fantasy football drafts. And this isn't just for members. This is for everyone. So sign up to host your fantasy draft party at the DMVR bar, and you'll get two free pictures of beer, one Breck beer picture of your choice and one draft beer of your choice. All I have to do is call the bar from 3 p.m. or later, or the easiest way is to email gm at thednvrbar.com. That's gm at thednvrbar.com, and you can have your fantasy football party here. And, of course, if you become a DMVR member, you can talk about fantasy football in our members-only Discord. You also get extra raffle tickets, a free DNVR shirt with an annual membership, or and or not or not only or but and free or weekly deals on DNVR locker merchandise. And we've got some new T-shirts dropping here in a little bit. You're going to want to get in on those. So become a DNVR member today. And really quick, guys, just a little update on the Broncos practice squad. They're building it right now. You got Brett Rippin, Seth Williams. Tyree Cleveland, so you cut both guys, get them both back. Austin Schlotman, you get the height back. Mace has got to be happy about that one. Hey. You get Kendall Hinton, the Hall of Famer. I know everyone's really happy about that. Drew Himmelman, so you mm-hmm. get the height back. And Local Sean kid. Sean Byer as well. Drew Himmelman, so. pride of Castle Rock. Yeah, good to, good six, to eight, see him. 6'9". Yeah, and of course, Sean Byer had, had a really good camp. I th- other years... Without so much depth at tight end, I think you would have been talking about Sean Byer being on the 53. Mm. Good to see him pass through. For, good for the Broncos, at least, that they can pass him through. And You know you know how they like their Iowa Hawkeyes, too. Yep, <laughs> they do. They say especially tight end. Who, yeah, who doesn't love a Big Ten tight end? <laughs> yeah, the Broncos certainly do. Um, okay, let's move on to the defensive side here. Uh, we'll start with the defensive line. Mm, defensive line, man. You love Draymond Jones and what he can do. You love Shelby Harris. And the question is, how much are they going to be using Mike Purcell? Guys, I think this is uh, a very good unit with the potential to be even better than the grade that I'm going to give them. Uh, but but I'm going to go, uh, man, six and a half or seven. Um, with what Draymond Jones can do, guys, uh, I'm going to go seven. I'm going to go seven. I'm going seven as well. It's what I had going in. But I, I had high expectations for Draymond Jones. He hasn't disappointed. Um, 
Shamar Stephen, nice depth, even though he didn't stick on the 53. They're going to probably find a way to bring him back one way or the other. But it's a deep crew. I'm, I'm still not sure about keeping Jonathan Harris over Shamar Stephen. That was a move that I didn't particularly agree with. But, you know, it, you are talking about basically D-lineman six at this point. This is not something that will probably affect things one way or another. It's probably also a vote of confidence. McTelvin Ajim had a good camp oh, as well. And that's that's one of the things yeah. that just put me to a seven. Yeah. Is he's just been so good this year. Yeah, I mean, I think you could go even higher. But I think you're probably in the right spot. Seven. Um, what's interesting is to see where this ends up in the defensive rankings. Because it's a very good group. But the competition is just so high there. Mm -hmm. It is. And that's just why I was a little hesitant going so high. But I don't want to knock them because because of uh, just who they're playing with. Yeah, the interior is just a little bit of a question mark for me with Mike Purcell coming off an injury. And I just don't think that they're going to use him that much. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a guy that's off right away when, when you go into sub packages. And we For saw sure that in is. the preseason games. I mean, when they did a lot of sub package work and it was Mike Purcell rotating out, other guys rotating in. So it just, I don't know if there's going to be much of a role for him. You're, you are going to have to stop the run. You know, remember, I think it was Vic Fangio's first season. They couldn't stop the run in the first four weeks of the season, and it led them to 0-4. Yep. Um, and then so, they made the change. And then got, that's when they brought in Purcell and yeah. Alexander Johnson. Uh, and, you know, that was a, a, re a revelation at the time. But the season was already over because they couldn't stop the run in the first four and weeks. And they stopped trying to make Shelby into a nose tackle. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Poor Shelby. Those four weeks. Once he left, it looked pretty good. <laughs> yes. Yes, it did. Uh, okay. Uh, let's move on to... Outside linebackers. Ah, one of the best. The cream of the crop. And guys, we're not just talking about Von Miller and Bradley Chubb anymore. We're talking about Jonathan Cooper, Malik Reed, maybe even Andre Mintz. Now, we hope we're not talking about him as an outside linebacker this year. <laughs> that would mean some bad things happened ahead of him. Uh, but this group, ah, they could be the nine, nine and a half. But we haven't seen the elite play as of recent. But gosh, the talent is there. I've got to go eight and a half. Yeah, and I think you're right on track there. You're tempted to go nine, um, but that is elite caliber production. Mm -hmm. And it just hasn't been there since Vic Fangio got here, yeah. that elite mm -hmm. caliber production. So I'm just I, – I, it's a little bit of that wait and see where it's like you know it's there. But like I said, you know – since Vic has been here, what what we saw was that first four weeks stretch where they didn't get any sacks. Then there's been injury troubles and all that stuff since then. Um, we just haven't seen them go out there and produce at an elite level. It's eight and a half for me. Here's my unsolicited advice to Vic Fangio. You know what could help get you that elite level production? Rotate your guys liberally. Keep them fresh. And that's the way Wade Phillips used to. And now you have the luxury of doing that because you have Malik Reed coming off the bench. You're excited about Jonathan Cooper's prospects, but let's just let's just start with Malik Reed already being proven as a contributor. Yeah. Even if Cooper had not emerged, Reed going back to the second team alone for me is enough to say, "All right, Vaughn, we're going to rest you 25% of the snaps. We're going to do the same for you, Bradley, and we're going to let Malik pick it up." Well, and, so, and Mace, that, that's yeah. why I asked Vic yesterday, will they have a significant playing time yeah. and role? 
on defense or are they just going to be special teams? And I'm happy to, that, that he yeah. said both because I think of significant as 25, 30% of the time. Yeah, and I hope that's what it is because you, younger Vaughn Miller got more rest than older Vaughn Miller got in 2019. And that's, I don't think that's the, the equation that you want to have. No. So hopefully he's gotten religion on that. It's an 8.5 regardless because of the quality and depth that you have. And again, this isn't so much Cooper. Cooper's had a great camp, but I got to see it from the regular season. It's knowing that Malik Reed can play. Yep, yep. And man, we didn't, uh, We I promise everyone, we didn't talk about our grades before and we're kind of yeah. right on uh, right on track here. <laughs> I will say, even like that depth is so good that it could be the reason why you bump it up to a nine. Um, but again, I just think nine means you are producing at an elite level and they just haven't done it in a while. Yep, exactly. Should we go inside now? Yes, this is an interesting one. It's a dark spot for the defense. It It is. Um, and you've got Alexander Johnson, Josie Jewell, Justin Sternod, Baron Browning, who we don't know much about, um, and then the new guy. Jonas Griffith. <laughs> Jonas <laughs> Griffith. Special teams guy. Yeah. For me, guys, I'll, I'll start off. This is an average group. It's it's very average. Um, you like the young depth you have, but you haven't seen any of those guys in a game yet, including the new guy, Jonas. Uh, and Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson, they're serviceable. But for me, I'm, I'm going a straight five here. Ooh, I mean. So tied for the lowest spot on the team. Guys, we can't be rating this team sevens and eights when they haven't won a, a game well, or, or they haven't had a winning season I since guess 2016. It, I guess maybe. I mean, it's funny because like, when we do these one to tens, everyone's got kind of a different scale. I don't like five is... I think five is average. At least that's how I was viewing it. Yeah. That, that's why I started off by saying the quarterback position yeah. at a five. I had to put them below that. I mean, I'd say six for this group because, because Jewel and Johnson do good things against the run. I did think it was interesting as camp went on and we got into the preseason game last Saturday when they went sub package, you saw like on Saturday it was and we in the starting lineup, Josie Jewell was out there, not Alexander Johnson. Mm -hmm. So as Jewell moved ahead of Alexander Johnson at this point. That that I know. picked up on that too, Mason. Yeah, it feels so. like it. And to me that feels like it in a bad way. It wasn't Alexander Johnson the guy that was supposed to become the the Pro Bowl linebacker if anyone was going to on this roster. And it seemed like his first year that they were going to do that. Uh, and uh, we do have some news on the running backs, guys. Broncos are cutting Royce Freeman. There it is. That's um, not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this feels overdue. Um, it's not like, I just don't think Royce ever had it. Um, he was, like I said, a replacement level running back, I felt like, in the NFL. Um, not going to kill you. Not going to do anything too, too special. I will also say, speaking of not being the same since an injury, he came on really strong his rookie season. And then he had a high ankle sprain. And I never saw him have any explosion after that. Yep. Um, which yep. is crazy that that could linger that long or just take that sort of toll on you. But he was legitimately looking like breaking off big chunks Early on in his rookie season, I remember we were even like talking about a t-shirt at the time. Yeah. And then he had that high ankle sprain. He missed most of the rest of the season, mm -hmm. uh, or at least a large chunk of that season. He was never the same when he came back, and I never saw him have any explosion after that. Yep, it's a, it's a great point. And I remember Royce, when he had that injury, he, he seemed so bummed because it knew he knew how much of the explosion it was taking out of his game. Yeah. He had four touchdowns in his first 
seven games as a Bronco. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's when the, the, and then after the explosion was gone, because didn't it happen right then? It happened in that Arizona game on Thursday yeah. night. He had four touchdowns in that game, and then he had he had what he had he had four the next season, and then one. So he had four touchdowns before then, and five touchdowns after that. Hmm. Think about that. So four, literally four in his first seven games, and only and only five for the rest of his career with the Broncos. Yeah, shame. It's it is a shame. Um, but it, like I said, it kind of felt like it might have been coming around the corner when they signed another yep. running back today. They clearly wanted to work on that. Yep. All right, let's. Uh, really quick, does that change your running back rate at all? No. Yeah. Um, it's the fourth running let me, back. Let me let <laughs> me break the tie here. Uh, Mace, what, what was the score you gave? I gave him uh, six. Six. And you said five. Yep. I want to go five and a half. All right. There we go. <laughs> so an above average group there. Yes. All right. Now we get to move on to the cornerback position. This is well above average. So I said, right, only one team in the NFL can get a 10. Yep. I'm giving it to the Broncos. Hey, how about that? And it should be, guys. It's the highest paid cornerback. $40 million. Think about that. They're paying ten guys an average of or four guys an average of ten million dollars plus Patrick Sertan. I mean, it's insane what they've done. So it should be really high. Uh, I, I'm kind of like Mace. You know, you got to mm. be perfect. And these guys are a new group, so that's kind of why I'm gonna cut them a little notch. But I mean, nine and a half. It's as good as it gets. Yeah, it's for me. It's just like your fourth corner is Pat Sertan. <laughs> yeah, and he would be the number one corner on like several teams. It's very fair. Yeah, it's a nine for me. Just superlative depth, like you mentioned, with Sertan being the four. You're set for the short term. You're set for the long term. I mean, I really can look beyond the horizon and say they may not need to re-sign Kyle Fuller or Bryce Callahan with Pat Sertan, with Ronald Darby. O.J. Moutier was doing some good things in camp before he got hurt as well, although you hated the penalty that he had against the Vikings. But then you got a Sang Bassey probably entering the chat here in a few weeks as well, which I think is part, is, is, is part of why they, you know, they figured they could go with the corners that they had right now. They know that they, know that they can have Bassey and Duke Doss, but more likely Bassey available to them at midseason, and they're pretty high on him as a potential number three corner. So there's a lot to like in this room. Tons to tons to love and uh, pretty good grades. I think that's going to end up being our best, except if this next position's able to compete with it at safety, guys. For me, the starters are on that caliber. The backups are just too young to be able to say that at this point. Uh, Wait, but you just said Pat Sertan was He's here. the fourth corner. <laughs> Potentially, I'm not arguing. Um, and obviously, he's not. He doesn't look and play young. Um, so for me, this is a nine. Um, it's the top level talent is as is pretty much as good as it gets. I think in terms of a starting safety duo in the NFL. Behind that, there's just some question marks. So that, that's uh, you know what stops them from really being in that crazy high category of nine and a half or ten. And I'm going eight and a half here. Um, you, you have one of the best in Justin Simmons. Kareem Jackson's still very good. But like you said, the depth is unproven. But guys, eight and a half, still fantastic. Yes, it is. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, the depth is why it's only eight and a half. But that's, again, it, that depth could change over the course of the year. We're going to probably find out at some point what Caden Sturgeons has, what P.J. Locke has, what Jamar Johnson has at some point in the year. And, uh, you feel I, I will say this. I saw enough from Stearns and saw enough flashes 
from Johnson as the preseason wound down to where I feel much better about a potential transition next year to Justin Simmons with one of those two draft picks from this year playing alongside him. Yep, and I think the Broncos do as well, especially Caden Stearns. But you're right, Jamar Johnson may be the guy that surprises. And he probably had the best single game of Stearns or Johnson, of the two of them at safety on Saturday night against the Rams. And given where he started and how far behind he got, I think they're pretty excited about how quickly he has closed the gap. So there you go. Uh, We have the full rankings here. Are those up? Um, we now, ha- whose who's are those, Kale? Do, do we just need an average? The, just an average? average. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, perfect. So it starts with quarterback <laughs> and ends with cornerback. Uh, going from five to nine and a half, um, you can kind of you know build the rankings there uh, as you look through it. So it goes cor- corners, or sorry, quarterbacks, inside linebackers, offensive line, then tight ends and, and uh, defensive line are tied. Moves up to running backs, then to wide receivers, then to safeties, then to corners. I think that feels pretty good, pretty darn good. I think we yeah. nailed it. Um, and just look at look at the how strong the defense is. That's no surprise. Not only the highest paid cornerback room, the highest paid secondary, the highest paid defense. Plus, you add a first round pick, a top ten pick on top of it. This group should be fantastic. It absolutely. That's why we're saying the 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 floor is top five not this top 10 stuff the no floor no, really no. should be top five they should be top three yeah the floor is absolutely top five and the floor for bradley chubb and von miller should be 20 sacks and it, it's on vic fangio to make sure that these units these position groups produce yep it is so what if they don't on the what if the defense is eighth that's Adios. a disappointment it's a it's a big disappointment and this team unless the offense really surprises and they're top 10 it's probably not going to be a winning team like let's say your defense ranks eighth your offense ranks say 21st and not you finish nine and eight i don't think you're gonna be i don't think you're gonna have a winning record are if, you bringing if your defense but, is bottom 10 or if your offense is bottom 10 so your defense is top quarter but not meeting your expectations is this a is that the type of record and an outcome where you're saying, all right, let's uh, let's get another guy at head coach. I think if you're George Payton, you're saying it's going to be hard for me to put together a unit again that's as good as that defense. Mm-hmm. If the best we can do with a defensive quote unquote guru is eighth in the league with all that talent, I got to go in another direction. And, and he, he stack, gave him his corners. And, and yeah, corners. he did, and stack that on top of last year. Were there a ton of injuries? Yes. But did we see a special defense in year one with Vic? No, we didn't. Did we see a special defense in year two with Vic? No, we didn't. So if the best he can do, like Ryan said, is eight, then, yeah, it's not going to do. And clearly, you need to do something big time on offense if you're still bottom ten. So that would probably mean getting an offensive guy, and the way you're going to get the best offensive guy in is by making him the head coach. Yeah, and otherwise you're going to be getting somebody – Unproven, And the question then becomes, do you want an offensive coach who's been around the block, who's done it before, like Doug Peterson, or do you want one of the guys who hasn't done been a head coach like a Byron Leftwich or a Brian Dayball? All right, we've got a couple Super Chats here to get to before we end the live segment, so let's do that. Uh, from Nick, do the Broncos have the most physical offensive players in the NFL between Cortland, Judy to some degree, Javante, Boone, and Salbert? Um, 
I feel like just in the names that you mentioned, <laughs> you answered right. your own question. Yeah, I don't um, think so. I don't think so. Cortland and Javante are the only ones there that like just jump off the page for me as really physical guys. Uh, Jerry Judy is is a finesse player. Yes, and he's not physical. And and Salbert is a blocker, but there are a lot of blocking tight ends out there. Yes, uh, Mike Boone is a question mark. Yeah, exactly. So uh, probably not. He's a third teamer. I mean. Let's be real about his pro- contributions. So this came in, in two separate parts, but this is the question. All right, from Kenny with the with the super chat. I appreciate the super chat. Also, Nick, thank you for that. Um, I agree uh, that Dalton had me worried last year, but after rewatching the games, Dalton looked motivated. There was a play against Seattle where he just destroyed a dude. The O line feels meaner. Um, m- you need an O line to be mean, uh, yeah. and so I think we all have a lot of hope for Dalton. Mm-hmm. But you would just be lying to yourself if you ignored the fact that it hasn't been the same for him in it wasn't the same for him last year and I completely agree with what you're saying in terms of you want the mean but guys we've been sitting here since Menelik Watson was here and saying this this old line's nasty he's a boxer we we need to see the nasty right And, and we and really when we talk about nasty it either means they're getting tons of penalties every game or it means they're just really good. And yep. when you're really good, you're pushing people around. And so I think that this team can be a top 10 unit in, in the NFL. But there's there's a lot of question marks there for I'm not ready to put my, my stamp on that. You yet. know who brings the mean? Who? Natani Mucci. Yes, he does. <laughs> That's why he's going to be playing at some point. You guys are desperate for him to get on the field. Well, I think I, the coaches are. I really are, am. And I, I think really the coaches am. are. Uh, all right, guys, that's going to wrap us up on the live side of things. If you enjoyed the show, hit us with a thumbs up. If you want to hear the rest of the show, you can get it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, but we'll be back with you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. On the live side, you can catch the rest of the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. All right, thanks for rolling with us on the podcast side of things. Before we hop into the questions, got to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped, where they have the best product out there. The Lawnmower 4.0 Summer is still in full swing, and your body's got to be still in summer bod mode right now and the lawnmower 4.0 can help with that more than anything and make sure to get the perfect package 4.0 where you'll get the lawnmower 4.0 and you'll get everything else that manscaped has to offer at the, the just the best uh quality things out there not just for below the belt shaving but also you can get the body wash it's a three-in-one it's perfect for every guy out there and of course the lawnmower 4.0 has that 7,000 rpm motor the new multi-function on and off switch and a travel lock and of course lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof so make sure to check them out and when you do use the code dnvr over at manscaped.com for 20 percent off your purchase and free shipping also want to tell you about our friends over at ball as in ball arena as in the aerospace technology company as in the world's largest aluminum cannon packaging manufacturer ball is sponsoring us right now across the dnvr network and they need to make more cans. They made over 101 billion cans in 2020, and they need to make more. So they reached out to us to let us know they need help here in the Denver area at their golden plant. They have four manufacturing positions for production techs and other roles available. They're adding line capacity, their 400-person plant here in town. The demand for sustainable aluminum beverage cans is greater than ever. And more than that, chances are, if you've consumed a beverage in a can, it's been from a ball aluminum can like the one I'm holding in my hand right now. I with, can confirm that. Yes. I'm not <laughs> I'm not lying to you about no. this. We're not just selling you on ball. But ball does a lot of great work with aluminum. Of course, 
guess what? Aluminum is highly sustainable. 75% of all aluminum ever produced on the face of the earth is still in use, and they can keep recycling it over and over again. That's why it's great to see aluminum cans use. It's great packaging, and it's recyclable. It's infin infinitely recyclable, so it can go on over and over. So if you want to join the team at Ball, check out hashtag work at Ball online. To apply for a position at their, their plant in Golden, Text GOLDEN to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com, search for GOLDEN, or text GOLDEN to 77222. Be unstoppable at ball. Like, I believe, your aunt yes, is unstoppable exactly. at ball. Exactly. Aunt yes. Julie, exactly. And, uh, guys, speaking of being unstoppable, if you want to be unstoppable, some people say check out Solace Meds where you can be unstoppable with all the great deals they have. Guys, in the month of September, happy September, Mace. They've you, got Can American Gummies 25% off. They've got Strains Tinctures 20% off. They've got Rocking Cartridges 25% off and Glacial Concentrates 20% off. And for Labor Day, they've got a sale. Buy three, get the fourth for 10 cents. This coming Monday, you can't be that. And then Patriots Day, just a couple days later, buy three, get the fourth for 10 cents. So they've got some big deals coming up. And here's the thing. If you check out any location and use the code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off plus these other offers. So pack some things together, do it right, and you'll be hooked up. Also, use the code DNVR20 over at solacemeds.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. All right, Mace, let's hop into the comments and talk to the people. First one coming in from 5280PDX. He says, I know football is the ultimate meritocracy, but given how much Kendall Hinton gave to the team, being a starting quarterback when the NFL decided to make an example of the Broncos and then playing any position asked of him, does the franchise owe him a place on the practice squad in 2021? Well, I don't know if they owe it to him, Mace, but they gave it to him. Yeah, he has value, and he came along well in training camp in the preseason. And frankly, with Trandy Benson traded, now I think there's a window for Kendall Hinton to actually mm. become a back-of-the-roster wide receiver here over the next year or so. The best thing he could do is, in practice, work on punt returns. Because yep. punt returns and other special teams roles, that's where he's going to be able to latch on to a roster spot for more than just a cameo. So... Focus on that in practice. I'm sure that they're going to give him opportunities in practice to work on that. And a year from now, we could be talking about Kendall Hinton being on the 53 and a fairly secure part of that. Yeah, Mace, I think that's a great point. And I think everyone was pulling for Trinity Benson, bummed to see him leave. But I think in everyone's mm -hmm. hearts deep down, they'd rather see Kendall Hinton. And I also think with Kendall Hinton doing a lot of the same things as Trinity Benson, plus maybe more of a versatile role on special teams, the Broncos thought, okay, we could lose Benson. We still keep Hinton. We're okay. We kind of have that young, undrafted guy that we're continue to, continuing to develop and work up. Yep, exactly. Great question there, and uh, glad to see the Kendall Hinton is back. Next one from Jason17. With KJ's injury history, would it make sense for Denver to sign John Brown, a speed guy who can keep that role intact if KJ's hamstring causes him to miss time again? Or do you think a guy like Fulgham makes more sense? Would you rather have kept Royce Freeman or Bellamy? Final roster construction question. Should we sign or claim Nick Mullins at quarterback three? Mace, what do you think? Should the Broncos add a quarterback three? No. Not well, on the kept, active roster. Yeah, Brett Rippon on the yeah. practice squad. Now, there was that brief moment this morning mm -hmm. where Field Yates put out there that the Broncos had claimed Bill Greer yeah. 
Yeah. Formerly of the Panthers in West Virginia, but uh, that didn't come to pass. That wouldn't have made a lot of sense. And uh, Nick Mullins, he's just a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, if they needed a quarterback, maybe I'd want Nick Mullins to play over him. But in terms of adding him to the 53-man squad, I personally wouldn't. I'd still, I mean, Blake Bortles isn't great, but if they need a third quarterback, Bortles would probably make as much sense as Nick Mullins. Oh, maybe more sense. Uh, give, give me Mullins. You can have Bortles. <laughs> he goes on and says, now that we've got the business, here's the fun question that I uh, was asked the other day and was admittedly stumped. All right, Mace, would you rather A, Change genders every time you sneeze. B, be unable to tell the difference between babies and muffins. I'd rather change genders every time I sneeze because if I can't tell the difference between babies and muffins, that could lead to some big problems. You would be convinced of or be convicted of murder, probably. Yeah, I mean, I mean cannibalism. You eat a baby. Yeah. Or, I mean, here's the easy thing. Don't, well. Baby, the other, other white meat. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, though. Couldn't you just avoid muffins? Then I guess you wouldn't even That's, be able to know your own baby. Yeah, because you think your baby's a muffin. Yeah, I'd that have is to go a with weird the change. question. We're I not guess. saying change sex. We're saying change gender. Oh, okay. There, so there you gender go. identity, I presume. So that yeah. So I could live with that every time, rather than the uh, babies and muffins. Or you just lick the baby or muffin every time oh. to find out which one it is. But that's so weird. Then it, you're licking every. Oh, you go to a bakery. What do you do? <laughs> if Why a, are you licking my baby? If you're in a bakery, you imagine it's all muffins. You hope, yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, weird. then you start, you lick something, and then you, and then some, you have some terrified mother calling nine one one on you. No. <laughs> and the second, would you rather a live out of a live out a horror movie with your best friend, or live out a romantic comedy with your arch enemy? Well, that's easy. I'd rather be in a romantic a rom com with my arch enemy. Yeah, I mean, living in a real horror movie sounds terrible. So put me with someone I don't like, not a position that is just awful. And hopefully, the arch enemy is like the antagonist and the antagonist, right? Like, or or not the antagonist, but just the person who gets spurned. I mean, if you're living out sleepless in Seattle, I'd I'd hope that the arch enemy is playing the Bill Pullman role who's allergic to everything and then gets ditched by Meg Ryan when they're having dinner on Valentine's Day so she can go up and meet Tom Hanks top of the Empire State Building. (laughs) Like Ted Lasso said, I believe in rom-communism. There we go. And he goes on and says, you guys were talking about trading Fuller or Callahan for a third. My question is, what are the odds that we get a compensatory third or fifth for one of them or both of them after the season? Is it still worth it to trade them now knowing you could still get that pick just a little later? I think, Zach, it's probably closer to the fifth than the third. Yeah, and here's the thing, because it's not just how much that player goes and gets on the open market it's also how much you spend and mace i would expect the broncos to finally start spending a lot of their cap money next year because this will be george payton's second year here he's probably going to want to start winning next year Mm -hmm. and really spend that money so uh, i i I agree with you it's probably closer to a fifth and let's live in the aaron Rodgers possibility for a moment yeah does that mean you're signing Devontae adams and if so if you did lose a guy and oh, you're saying, oh, you're getting a third-round pick back, and then you sign Devontae Adams, and that's out the window. Yep, exactly. Next one from Dan Burke. He says, hey, guys, I know there's mixed feelings about trading away Trandy Benson, but I have to give George Payton props for getting that deal done the night before receivers starting getting cut around the league. It could be just that the Lions wanted Benson, but guys like Travis Fulgham uh, and St. Brown, the Lions just drafted his brother, and Tyron Johnson have much more proven track record in the NFL, which isn't saying much considering Benson has none in regular season games. 
but I'm not sure that deal gets done uh, when you consider the names on the waiver wire the next day. What do y'all think? Think it's a great point. Yeah, it is a great point. I I think Trinity Benson, maybe they've decided, okay, he needs time, but we can give him the playing time right. that he needs here. Right. Um, so there's going to be an opportunity. And they're probably looking at upside as well. The Lions, they're basically starting a rebuild here again. So they can probably afford to give Trinity Benson some time to see if he blossoms. Yeah, that, that so. that's it's a, it's a good point, Mason. Kind of we said yesterday, a win-win-win, Yep. at least how George Payton yep. described it. Melbourne Bronco, hi guys. Father's Day this Sunday down under. I left the wife with a list headed by the weed whacker from Manscaped. Yay. The older you get, the more weeds need whacking. So <laughs> if my number one item doesn't appear, she might be traded. Oh, with, yikes. With college football beginning, what are your predictions? Not counting Alabama and presumably the Ohio State University. Um, yeah, that, that's what I presume. Well, what, well, I mean, Bama's going to win it all, uh, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll just get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it's like big, big season predictions. Um, I mean, Clemson's got their quarterback. We got a game this weekend, Mace. Clemson, Georgia. I know. We got some great games this weekend. I believe five matchups within the top 25. Yeah, but what a way to kick it off. I guess really yeah. kick it off. I am predicting that, and this is going to hurt my heart a little bit, I'm predicting that North Carolina is going to struggle a bit, and Sam Howell early in the season, as he adapts to his new collection of running backs and pass catchers, is going to struggle before he finds his form. Ooh. I'm also predicting that the quarterback you're not talking about right now that you're going to be talking about by November is Graham Mertz of Wisconsin. Mm, well, Somebody okay, that's ha- how you make up well, no, for bashing North Carolina. But you, no, you, you the, help the, Wisconsin. Mertz is from the Kansas City area. The guy who really believes in Graham Mertz is Patrick Mahomes. Mm, Patrick gives his stamp of approval, okay. man. That's a strong one. That and he's eligible to turn pro after this year. Now, granted, you know, with name, image, likeness, and that's the other thing that's in play here. We may we may not have as good a read on the 2022 quarterback class as we think we do right now, because it's possible that you may see some of these guys you expect to be in the draft pool, knowing they can make money off of NIL come back for the 2022 season, which depresses the draft pool. It might depress you if that's where you want the Broncos to go. <laughs> Good point, Mace. Next one from Miss Quill says, what are the chances that Fangio isn't aware that the ability to fire a special teams coach is within his job description? All jokes aside, do you guys have any idea why he wouldn't be looking to upgrade that spot when his own job is likely on the line and is an early season change possible? Yes, an early season change is possible, especially when last week Vic put coaching on blast. He said the special teams coaching needs to get better. But Mace, now is not the time when you go out and you make a big hire on special teams. If you were going to do that, you were going to do it early in the offseason. So you're probably just hiring within if that's the case. So you you wouldn't really expect any big-time moves or big-time hires to be had. Yeah, it'd be Chris Gould, who is your basically your kicking specialist coach at this point he kicked in college kicked in the arena league and he's been around for the last I believe this is his seventh season on the Broncos staff in some capacity but he hasn't coached an entire special teams unit as a coordinator the other thing that came into play is you go back to January you could have brought a new special teams coordinator that's well and true but all the best that were available we're more likely to go other places where the coach basically wasn't on a one-year leash. Right. So that, I think, is part of why you saw Tom McMahon come back for this year. I don't think there I, – I think they believe there wasn't a better option out there. They've given, hey, they've given him players. George Payton mentioned special teams 11 times 
when yep. he addressed the media yesterday. Yep, over and over and over again. He and, said that was a huge part of the roster. Yeah, about and and oh by oh by the way, back in May when he talked about day three of the draft, all the day three picks he said that Tom McMahon scouted mm-hmm. and broke down. Very similar to how George Payton gave Vic the corners he wanted. He gave Tom McMahon the special teamers he wanted between the draft and trading for Jonas Griffith. All right? Yep. Figure it, it out, Tom. Get Figure it, it out. D. Bronx says, I just want to thank Zach. I think it was Zach for asking Vic about using his outside linebacker depth this year. I'm going to be keeping a close eye on snap counts to see if Vic was telling the truth about using his depth this year. Yes, it was me. Thanks, D. Bronk. I'm glad you appreciated it. Yeah. And like we were saying earlier in the podcast, you got to think back to what Wade Phillips did. What yep. would Wade do? Exactly. He'd rotate him. WWE. WWWD. <laughs> I love it. And last one coming in from Shaggy McLovin the third. He says, Hey guys, should the Broncos go after Everson Griffin from the Vikings? I like our guys, but he is a four time pro bowler and could create even more depth. That would be interesting, of course, given that George Payton knows Everson Griffin he does. Uh, very well from, from his from his time. Uh, the Vikings could look to bring him back after week one. In fact, I'm reading a story right now saying that uh, the Vikings are expected to bring him back after opening up some spots on the 53-man roster, according to Chris Thomason of the St. Paul Pioneer Press. So, so a handshake deal between the two. Sides. Yeah, they're gonna yeah they're gonna place two guys on IR, including Irv Smith. That was really bad yep, news yep. for the Vikings. By the way, that, the Vikings look like they're going to be a dud this year, and why that's interesting is if let's say they're a dud. And Mike Zimmer gets claimed in the backwash. Oh, does George wow. Payton look to bring in Mike Zimmer? Oh, he may, he may. <laughs> oh man, Zim's a really good coach. Oh, he's but, not an offensive oh, guy, but he's a really good coach. The Broncos need the offensive guy. I know, oh, I know, and I know. not and not the sexy like young guy. Oh man, yeah. but Mace, it's a good point. Something we can't forget, and something that you guys can't forget is checking out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental because they're part of our fam. Make them part of your fam. You're gonna get your teeth cleaned twice a year. Might as well do it with the best damn family dentistry out there and also on top of that guys if you have some major work done they will truly treat you like family they call you back to to see how you're doing follow up see if there's anything they can do that's the type of service that they're all about and if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam you'll receive a free sonicare toothbrush that's all you have to do is take care of your teeth and order to take or to get a free sonicare toothbrush so schedule that cleaning x-ray exam you'll get a free sonicare toothbrush from our friends over at green mountain dental well that'll do it for us today thank you all so much for rolling with us we'll be back with you tomorrow breaking down all the moves that the Broncos continue to make but thank you guys so much for tuning in have a wonderful hump day Flying cotton